listeners, welcome to season freaking four of Ted and Michael Read Sketches into Microphones. I'm Michael Paul Smith. And I'm Ted freaking O'Gorman. Ted, we went a whole season without them, but our favorite magical academy has continued its satellite campus expansion. Listen to this. Are you tired of taking the 405 to the 10, working for eight hours, and then taking the 10 back to the 405 every day? Does your thrice-daily shot of wheatgrass just not taste quite as earthy anymore? Well, maybe muggle pursuits aren't for you. Baby, it's time to update that special skills section of your acting resume and head on over to Hogwarts LA for some inclusive, yet exclusive, socially conscious and super trendy magical training. Before Hogwarts, right, all I knew about the four houses was that you'd be sorted by a magical hat based on your personality. I was so scared. What if I didn't fit in? But then I found Hogwarts LA, where the four houses are more like William Morris, CAA, UTA, and ICM. You can't lose. I went to Hogwarts because if I thought if I learned enough magic, I'd finally be able to graduate to level three at the Groundlings. But it didn't work. I keep asking them. Where's my yes and? At Hogwarts LA, our groundskeeper is Bruce Valanche. I-, I don't really know if that's good or bad, but could be worse, I suppose. And his dog is the dog from Airbud 6. Hun, here at Hogwarts, we, um... Oh, wait. What was I talking about? Sorry. Ari Emanuel was texting me. <laughs> it's a gif. I used to have a prosperous illicit marijuana business until my grow house was raided by the feds. But, you know, with the help of my herbology classes, you can now buy indica and sativa gillyweed at below market value. And guess what? If you're too high to stay on your surfboard, you got fucking gills, bitch. Beat that, Holmes. I attended Hogwarts LA to get, like, really good at potions. It got super boring, though. But I did learn to ugly cry just like Claire Danes, and that gets me just as much attention. My favorite thing about Hogwarts? They still have condom machines in their unisex bathrooms for penis carriers of all gender identities. That's right, TERFs need not apply. Hey, Jaden. Jay. Babe. Jaden. Yo, Jaden. Jay. Jaden. So you got uh, wife number five for her birthday. Hope you also saved up money to buy her a new bra. Those things are fucking huge now. Nice. Okay, right on, bro. Call me sometime. We'll crush some martinis over at Musos. Oh, <laughs> hey. Look, come to Hogwarts, LA. This place is super laid back. Act now and receive some free, horrible pizza. No magic in the world can fix that. But we'll get around to it. Later, bro. I went to Hogwarts. And I got sorted. And I got sorted. And I got sorted. And I got sorted. Get Get sorted sorted for for life. life. Right on, bro. Totally. Look, I'm going away for Christmas, but I'm back Easter sharp. Okay? My wife's got us going to the Maldives, so it's just me, her, and the kids. But, you know, kids like what they like. After that, I'm wide open. And now we present lines that I, Jillian Pensavalli, do not want to say. 
guys, guys, want to pepper spray that group of toddlers in the park and then blame it on the guy with the ASPCA petition? Mikey, baby, the things I'd like to do to you border on malfeasance. Hey, y'all. When I first met Ted, I thought, you know, he doesn't really look like a Ted. He looks more like a ferret stool. So yeah, that's what I still call him, ferret stool. Me and Betty White once shared a very eye-opening evening with Dick Van Dyke. The first and last part of his name meant so much more to us after that. So when a moil does it to a baby, it's a religious ritual, but when I do it to a burglar, the judge calls it a crime against nature? What gives? Hey, Mike, let's book a flight to Australia, conceive a child in the bathroom, and name it Dundee. The most alive I ever feel is when I take it to the rack from the doorstep after going coast to coast to give my all-podcaster lacrosse team another W and complete my hattie. That's right, your girl's a lax rat. I don't ride the pine, I rip twine. I wear white hats and crush 30 racks. Sure, let the women do the work, but make sure a man is supervising. (sighs) This has been lines that I, Jillian Pensavalli, did not want to say. Baddest badass that ever f***ing was. And are you ready to prove it? You sure? Good! Because all the real American tough guys are listening! That's right. Listen to your kids. Listen to your partner. Just shut the f*** up at the dinner table and only chime in when you've carefully considered what you want to add. And on Thanksgiving with extended relatives, just shut the f*** up altogether the whole time. They'll probably think you're depressed. But they'll also be relieved, because you're the one everyone's always dreading to have to put up with for three hours without a break! Listen, bros, it's badass. Five yards to go here on third down. Reynolds is 14 for 17 today. 182 yards so far. He's thrown one interception, and he's looking to make up for that here. Out of the shotgun, Reynolds takes the snap. Rolls right, looking downfield. Oh! Morgan gets past the left tackle and takes Reynolds down from the blind side. Reynolds having a little trouble catching his breath. I think he just needs a moment to get his win back. Looks like it. You can see here on the replay that Reynolds is looking right, probably targeting Tyshawn Moore, running what looks like a stop and go. And Morgan comes seemingly out of nowhere and levels him with a clean hit. No question about that. Morgan's got him squarely lined up and just drives right through. That's textbook tackling right there. You know, it's during moments like these that one can't help but wonder what Reynolds was like when he was going through puberty. Uh, I'm sorry, Gene, I don't follow. Reynolds is rising to his feet now, fourth and 11. Anderson will come out for his third punt of the day. You know, after a hit like that, you just get curious about when his voice changed. And did he have to struggle with erections that arrived seemingly out of nowhere? Did he have to cover up his penis with a textbook while he strode the halls of his high school? Anderson's last punt sailed 52 yards and backed Miami behind their own 10-yard line. Let's see if he can repeat that. Cook is back to receive. Um, okay, Gene, you've given us a lot to think about. Anderson gets a clean snap. The ball is away. Good contact there. Cook calls for a fair catch, and Miami will take it over at their own 17-yard line. Surprised by that decision, it looked to me like Cook had enough room to try and make something of that return. Yeah, a fair catch as indecisive as that one was seems like the actions of someone who had some confusion growing up about their sexuality. 
probably didn't exactly know where he landed on the Kinsey scale. And now he's left wondering if he should have done some same-sex experimentation in college, as many of us do. Miami's offense taking the field, down by nine and dealing with this heavy wind. I think they'll continue to ask Singletary to carry most of the offensive load on the ground. The running back out of Texas A&M is having his best game of this his rookie season. You okay, Gene? You seem to be uh, veering off topic a little bit. I'm perfectly fine. Indy's head coach Brian Muskins was just conferring with a referee, and now he's pacing the sideline. He's clearly dissatisfied with how that conversation went. Yikes. I'd put Coach Muskins on chair throw watch if I were the Indy equipment manager. That man is fighting some demons in real time. Is that so? Absolutely, Bob. You can tell from Muskins' posture and erratic pace. Perhaps his wife Valerie has taken a younger, more virile lover, and that fact is grinding him ever closer to the metaphorical edge. Ty Feeney is motioning to the sideline. Looks like the Miami quarterback may be having some trouble with his headset. He may also be struggling with the hauntingly violent urges he's battled his whole life. Man says he likes hunting in the offseason. I know what that's code for. The bloodlust must be satisfied to stop the voices that call him to action. Only a matter of time before people start disappearing in a roughly 10-mile radius around his home. Sex workers and the homeless are the group he'll hone his craft on, that's my bet. The urban nightscape will be his training ground, a garrot wire, his instrument of choice. Feeney seems like the issue with his headset has been resolved. Miami's in an eye formation, and I have a feeling they're going to the air. But uh, I don't know what to say, but... Gina, I think you need a break. Maybe go see a team doctor and make sure your head's okay. I'm good, thanks, Bob. Feeney takes the snap. As predicted, he's looking downfield. And he sends a laser to Kyrie Matthews. Matthews struggles to get yards after the catch and is ruled down at the Indianapolis 35. That's the kind of play this offense has been looking for all game. And up until this point, it has eluded them. Kyrie Matthews is two years out of Notre Dame and settling nicely into his new role as a slot receiver but one can't help but notice he has the facial structure of a man who creates pornographic imagery using taxidermied squirrels. Just one look at that toothy grin, and you just know that sick bastard has a footlocker of stuffed squirrels and a textbook of one-line nut puns he's using to get his jollies off. I say we tie an anchor around his legs and feed him to Poseidon. No more shall the squirrels of the world walk in fear that in death they may find themselves in a menagerie of sex dioramas this sicko poses for his own delight and for the delight of those that subscribe to his biannual newsletter, Smut Squirrels. Jesus fucking Christ, Gene, enough! What the hell is wrong with you today? You're spouting the most batshit nonsense. I can't take it anymore. Enough! And do you know the kind of fines the network is looking at already? Do you ever want to work again? Worth noting that whilst Bob was on that diatribe, Feeney pulled a QB sneak for seven yards, gaining the first down. Bob, what did you think of that play? Or were you preoccupied with your groin irritation? No doubt from the wool from your homemade Ruprecht costume. That's right, the angry German Santa sidekick that you dress up as every night before your pre-bed teeth and skincare routine. You're a lifelong bachelor, Bob. And last night, we both had rooms at the La Quinta Inn. You couldn't even leave Ruprecht's traditional staff and whip at home. Not if you planned on getting a full seven hours before today's broadcast. Feeney fails to connect a screen to fullback Mark Swanson out of Purdue. Looks like Miami will have to settle for a field goal. Looks like it. This week on As They Were, we'll take a look at the sketch comedy podcast, Ted and Michael Read Sketches into Microphones, which dominated internet audio in the 2020s. The show would see many highs 
and some tragic lows. The full three-part series airs tonight on Apple Plus Plus Plus. But a few select clips are already making news. We'd like to play them for you now. And it's important to understand that back then, they didn't quite have a term for it. But today, we know that Ted's IQ is classified in the Sean Hannity percentile. And that played hell on Mike. He had to think for two. Ted Ted could get jealous. And when he got that way, he'd start throwing snowballs. And nobody understood how this man was making snowballs in June. And how did he make so many? It was like magic. Ginger magic. Mike could only be funny if he was wearing Jillian's underpants. Of course, this caused a rift, not because he's wearing his wife's undergarments, but because he'd leave them on the bathroom floor constantly, much to Jillian's annoyance. Mike was famously recorded on a hot microphone saying, They're your underpants. I just borrowed them. Do I expect you to clean the seat of my bike every time you ride it to Dunks for an iced coffee? No, I do not. No, I do not. It was Jillian that introduced the boys to amphetamines. She thought they were weird European Skittles with double the sugar. Uh, But no, it was high-grade speed from Elizabeth, New Jersey. These were not safe or cautious people. Yeah, I heard that rumor. (laughs) Sure, sure, I'm dumb enough to confuse French Skittles with Jersey no-dos for my boys. Believe what you want, kids. I'd never give a bunch of pills to someone in the Hannity percentile to make him productive. I would never do that now. But it was a simpler time. During season four is when they hired the dog as a writer. This was controversial. They called him Marco and invented a fictional biography for him. Then they set the good boy in front of an old Olivetti typewriter and just let him do his thing. Ted and Michael were adamant that dogs don't like computers and would get into shouting matches with anyone challenging this supposed fact. Worth noting, Marco pushed through two very workable scripts and helped edit seven others. So maybe not everything Ted and Michael did was crazy. Now, all these years later, you'd be hard-pressed to find a comedy writer's room without a canine in it. And those bastards are right about the typewriters, too. Dogs fucking hate computers. And that's around the time when Hallie started running around behind Ted's back. She was having so much rough sex that her doctor later informed her that her vagina had the first known case of labiatus califoris, known today as cauliflower lips. Of course, back then, you wouldn't have been able to say any of this on a public network. But thankfully, <laughs> you can fucking say it now. Some say that the turning point for the duo and the show came on Michael's annual Groundhog Day potluck in 2027. The headline read, Comedy genius falls from eighth-story balcony, ends up in coma. The reality was much darker. Mike tripped off a patio, landed headfirst in a mud puddle. But his skull was so pliable from the Jersey speed that it was enough to just put him in a coma for three weeks. I mean, that's crazy shit. And Hallie continued to spiral. No, I didn't want to smoke crack, but I had calcified vaginal lips from all the rods I was feeding my gash. At the time, crack seemed like the answer. And I'll be honest, it was. Crack was the answer. If you'd have had to listen to all of Ted's stories about Marco the Wonder Dog, you'd have needed something too. Mike sure needed a break. 
Marco likes it. You can't ask him which sketch he likes better. If you're holding a treat, we agreed on that as a fucking rule. One simple fucking rule, okay? Do you even care about this? I used to. And then everything, including your skull, got real soft and doesn't want to push the envelope. Marco's the only one who gets me. You bastard. Go sleep it off in some mud, you schmuck. Or can your skull not take it? And one, two, three, one, two, three. Stop waltzing with the dog. And one, two, I'm leading. You're freaking me out, man. I will waltz with Marco at my leisure, sir. And if you don't like it, you may kindly leave. Things were going south for the duo fast, and the real victims were their legions of fans. I remember one season we recorded in the dark for sound wave quality. <laughs> yes, I remember. Yes, yes. We made Ted wear blackout glasses and earplugs. <laughs> oh my God, I fucking hated him. Uh, I still do, actually. They thought maybe New York was the reason for their ongoing chemistry problem. So they and their wives traveled the world. At one point, Ted parked a car and scrambled up the walkway of this old English estate we'd rented in Cornwall. It's cold out, and he's wearing nothing but a white t-shirt and combat boots. No bottoms. He screams, they said it's just sepsis. He jumped like he was going to leap into my arms. He was off by a good four feet to the right. I kid you not. He knocked himself out on a statue of a frog. I left him there. Had a cup of tea. I was on vacation. Things had gotten tense one too many times, so they parted ways. Mike settled in Europe to clear his head and sell his tote bag collection. Ted went out west, uprooting old railroad tracks to scrap metal for cash. Hallie did not join him. All I ever wanted was a Dr. Pepper bidet, and that sad sack couldn't make it happen. Deal breaker. And since it was just a sketch comedy podcast, a nation ignored it all. This three-part series airs tonight on Apple Plus Plus Plus. This episode is dedicated to me. Seriously, I'm fucking great. I'm a multi-talented, handsome as fuck, genuinely nice person with no particular interests out of the social norm. If I'm not your friend, you're missing out. Tell him, Ted. You're fantastic, it's true. And if you were still alive, Louis would dedicate an entire verse of What a Wonderful World just to you, man. That's how much better you make things. I know. <clears throat> Sorry, I think I water burped. Hold on. Just give me a give me a sex growl after that line. What's a sex growl? You tell me. Oh god. Listen, bros, it's badass. You hit it. There we are. I have roommates, by the way. <laughs> now let's go again. I'm gonna try to be less hysterical in our little scene. Oh, I think hysterical's perfect. Is it okay? Uh, yeah, I think that's <laughs> Some people build up to that, man. I start there. I well, because we're in the middle of the fight. Yeah. Hell of a job, me. To be or not to be, 
That is the question, whether it is nobler to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. And that's all I know, because that's all I had to learn when I pledged Alpha Psi Omega, the gayest fraternity in college, which was a theater fraternity. I was, um, we didn't have littles and bigs, we had tops and bottoms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, people just count to ten, Jules, but not you. That's why, that's why we oh. love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry. Ted and Michael Read Sketches into Microphones is written and directed by Michael Paul Smith and Ted O'Gorman. With some room for improv, because Mike loves jazz, and he's sad he never learned to play the trumpet. This season of the podcast was recorded by Chelsea Cohen with editing, mixing, and sound design by Tom Kelly at Clean Cut Audio. This season was also produced in association with our dear friends over at Mischief Media. And I'm Jillian Pensavale, your executive producer. You can find full credits, including all of our incredible voice talent, plus episodes, transcripts, and more at tedandmichael.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help a lot, and look, I know there are two straight white guys with a podcast, but they're two of the good ones, so can you do us a solid? Thanks. Follow the guys on Instagram, at Ted and Michael Podcast, and individually, at Ted underscore O'Gorman and at NPSmithNYC. You can also find Mike on TikTok at the same handle. For feedback of all kinds, use Ted and Michael at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and stay weird, friends. Stay weird, friends.